Jukecast by Juke Creative. We're curious by nature, and we love to share what we've learned. We put it out, and we put an ad, and a million people saw it, and we're done. Or we share it in a different channel, or maybe now we create a magazine article out yeah, of it. Like exactly. there might still be a lot more life in that. Yeah. And I actually think companies probably, if somebody did an audit, could go back at some of those big initiatives and even find some life still in them today. One of the top three challenges for marketers is producing enough content. But a key question is. Are you getting enough out of what you already have? Could there be a forgotten gem tucked away in a dusty file cabinet? You know, the one in the storage room with the old fax machines. And is there more that can trickle down from a current campaign? Welcome to the Jukecast. This is Carrie Olivier from Juke Creative. I'm joined again by digital and content strategist Jeremy Solly. Hey, Carrie. Jeremy. This is not just an issue for the very few marketers. This is pretty widespread. We mentioned in our first podcast that over half of B two B marketers worry about simply one thing: creating enough content. And how? <laughs> <laughs> the last time we talked about content at the strategy level. Sure. Finding that swim lane, understanding your company's content strategy, so that、mm-hmm. you can really feel like you have boundaries. And can be creative about producing content, but today we want to go tactical. Let's talk about how you can really crank it out. All right, let's get our hands dirty. Let's do it. <laughs> What can these guys do to make more content, get it out there, and be successful? Let's pretend、yeah. we've got it. It's all on strategy.、Sure. We're testing and learning. We've got all of、strategy、our gurus.、Set. Yeah, yeah it's all set. But what do we do to make、yeah. more, do more, and be more successful? You have to try to figure out, or at least set a line in the sand of like, here's how much content we need, and let's go try to make that. And then, and then you can kind of measure it and say, well, did we need that much? Did we not need that much? Let's course correct. I also think that there's probably a lot of net new content being made, and maybe not enough. Are you getting enough juice for the squeeze? Right, Are you getting、exactly. everything out of every piece of content you're making? If you make a video. Well, Where、yeah. are you putting it?、Right. Do you put it on YouTube? Do you put it on your website? Do you do both? Do you make a ten-second version and a thirty-second version and a two-minute version、right. so that there's one going out on Facebook and one going out on LinkedIn、right. and one going out on Twitter and one going out on Instagram、right. and like? Are you pulling stills like, from that video? Are you pulling are you, stills? Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, you you start to create like this pyramid and and like I it's called, a repository. It's a repository of, of content yeah. and assets. The, the one、yeah. the longest highest value piece is only the longest highest value piece. There should. Be、right. a ton of、yeah. of mini assets that fall from、yeah. that. If you're on point with your content strategy,、right. you're creating that highest value piece with all of the, all the atomization opportunities、exactly. in mind. 100. Whether and I've heard yeah, yeah. so many phrases for this, right? I've I've used bricks and feathers, right?、Yep. So I make、yep. the video, and then there's a bunch of fe- there's eight feathers off of it: a tweet and a Facebook post, and or I've heard the Thanksgiving dinner, right? You make yep, the turkey,、yep. and then you have all the sides、mm-hmm. and stuffing and gravy, and or you atomize it, right? Like it is about. I love this word. I've been using it a bunch lately. Extensibility. What is the extensibility of your content?、Mm-hmm. Right. If you invest a bunch into making a white paper,、mm-hmm. in a video, in a podcast, whatever the core piece of content is. How are you getting the most leverage and extensibility out of that,、right. and getting it across your other channels and turning it into、right. other really interesting pieces? Well, let's talk about a few ways to do it. I mean, if you're creating a video, 
you know, you've obviously got the one video that's going to be your big spend. It's right. your highest and best value. Right. That's your, your brick. Yeah, that's right. your thing. That's yeah. your brick. But can you create that video in such a way that you can slice and dice it? Intentionally create the video so that the intro and the outro summarize the content of the video so you right. can use that on your website give it to sales and use it as a sales engagement piece. Instagram stories. Absolutely. You know, the swipe up so that it's going to a uh, lead capture page 100%. or even link clicks, even within, if you're if you're putting on YouTube, a YouTube video or something like 100%. that, that's taking your prospects into that sales channel, yeah, right? Absolutely. And work with your videographer to create this asset library, this repository so that, yeah, you've got your one video, but you've got these 800 other things and a content plan to put right. it out. Talk about a white paper. I mean, you know, you've got your white paper. That's right. your that's your hero piece. Sure. Are you working with your PR and communications team to pitch parts of that white paper as a possibly a media opportunity? Right. When you're pulling out the graphics and the data, visualization yeah. parts of your white paper, are you atomizing those and pulling those out in isolation so that you can create animated GIFs of those and using them across sure. social media? You know, sometimes white papers are written for a very technical audience or a very industry-specific mm -hmm. audience. How do you, for lack of a better term, dumb it down yeah. into a blog post where somebody can just dive into That's it right. and then maybe it gets passed off onto somebody who's more senior or maybe more specific in that industry? So, That's right. yeah, there's a lot of different ways that even that, like we spend a lot of time taking atomized versions of a white paper turning them into those graphics to drive people back to the white paper or using that yep. in our, our advertising, our social ads, our digital ads to send people there. So you're you're naturally going to be creating, you know, a dozen assets off of this one hero piece, right? Yes. And that sounds like second nature. You know, some people are listening to this podcast going, of course I do that. Are you holding an editorial meeting monthly with all the right players so that every single one of those data graphs is being provided to the sales guy that's doing the keynote presentation mm -hmm. to the room full of prospects right. that that data piece would be completely perfect for. I'm I'm just yeah. not sure. Yeah. Is it getting integrated across yeah, all course. the different Integration. channels? Yeah, of course. You know, another point to consider, too, is if you can't keep up with that much content development, you might be putting too much pressure on the quality and caliber of that B2B content. We could simplify it down even more to create more of that content. Like one thing that I'm really interested in right now is LinkedIn video. So LinkedIn has put video up. So people took their sizzle reels from their brand and started putting oh, yeah. it on. Of course. But, but you know who what's cares get, about watching a sizzle reel? Yeah, on, what's what getting engagement? Is it the is, DIY videos. Exactly. That people, it's, the, it's the person sitting at their yep, desk on their the computer yep. that's like, I'm going to give you the two minute update of the day about, you exactly know, about right. subject X or it subject Y. It doesn't have to y. cost money. And it's not, yeah. a pl not a plug for Jute creative but right. we have a blog you know and this would make jute creative zero money we have a right. blog post on making your own diy video there's right. absolutely a place in b2b marketing 100%. for companies yeah. to leverage their people and their ideas to create quick turnaround but still thoughtful content and, and in fact when you look at engagement numbers zero it's, goose egg yeah. sizzle reel High it's, engagement when yeah. a CEO who has something to say pulls right. his iPhone up. Right. It, it's about real time. That you, so I, we're and we're totally. You in know sync. who else does this really well? And it's not exactly B two B, but the CEO of Walmart has an Instagram account. His name's Doug. I think McMillan. I might begin He's his probably last just name Doug wrong. CEO. But yeah, Walmart. Doug. Right. Yeah. And he. It's real time. It's just him walking it's around right. in stores. It's not pictures over. Of him. You don't want it's it like, to be don't over. Don't overthink it. Yeah, and right. I think that that's sometimes. You know, I I see that fifty percent of B two B marketers 
creators having, uh, you know, producing enough content is their top three challenge. Part of it is probably a misunderstanding of what it means to produce content, right? right? That we can produce it more nimbly, maybe less production value, and it may drive more engagement and drive more of what our purpose is with content yes. marketing is to get customers, right? Yeah. And this ties back to what I mentioned in our first episode, which is how critical it is that the content strategy has been socialized because if everyone is on the same page, there's more opportunity to leverage that internal content creation. Exactly. So, and if it's on strategy and yeah. it works well, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yes, and exactly. it, people pick up yeah. the phone and they order and they listen and they, they yeah. take notes. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And then there's times for the glossy high production sure. deal. So I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So two more things. So you've said, you know, you, you create the big highest value piece yep. and then you've got your, your Thanksgiving dinner, your, mm-hmm. your, your extensibility, your extensibility, yeah. your atomization, your, you know, insert fancy favorite, marketing favorite, word favorite, here. Favorite, yeah. Yeah. And then there's also the extent of it, the reach, how, yeah. w- how many times can you put it out on social media? How many ways can you put it out? You know, where mm-hmm. should it go on your, on your website? How should it be utilized through your sales team sure. and all? And that's a, that's a pretty rigorous process in and of itself. Do you yeah. want to speak to that, Jeremy? Yeah. I mean, that's another piece that marketers, I think, sometimes forget is, you know, you might own a channel like the website or social media. And so you kind of get this blinder on of like, okay, I just need content to fill my channel, right? right? And I think that that becomes a team effort around a marketing team to be really creative of like, are we using every channel? Have we really exhausted this content? We get sick of it as long before any customer maybe would. customers would yeah, right yeah, like maybe yeah. there's a lot more reach still to go on yeah. it but it might require us to think about distributing it in a different way like okay cool we put it out and we put an ad and a million people saw it and we're done or maybe now we flip it over and give it to our employees and have them share it through an employee advocacy campaign or maybe now we share it in a different channel or maybe now we create a magazine article out yeah, of it like exactly. how do you like there might still be a lot more life in that yeah. and I actually think you know, companies probably, if somebody did an audit, could go back at some of those big initiatives and even find some life still in them today. Yeah, you evergreen, know? evergreen, evergreen content. Yeah, and I think we get caught up on evergreen content. I think a lot of people are like, well, oh, for anybody, it's be... anybody for the two, uh, that's to another 10 definition that, yeah. problem. For I think. somebody that might, yeah, yeah, what is your definition of evergreen content? And then I'll tell you what mine is. Okay. Well, actually, I want to tell you what I think people think of evergreen content. Mm -hmm. I think people think of evergreen content as like truisms in industry, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we've got to write an article that's broad and you know what? You're right. You know what I mean? That lasts forever. Like, we have to write about Newton's like theories because it will never change, right? You're right. Like, I think that there's a lot of scaredness around what evergreen is because it doesn't have to be that. It could be a cultural piece about your company. You're right. There is a thought. Someone wants you to write an evergreen piece that means it is so, such a truism that it lasts forever and that you can put it on your website. It's such a died in the wool. That's one definition. Another sort of yeah, I wouldn't say More, that's mine. I would say yeah, that that is, that is I think, one. a prevailing it's one. Prevailing. Think, yeah. And another definition is evergreen content is something that you can, and maybe we do, We maybe we, we redefine it right here on this soon-to-be-famous podcast. Okay, great. I can't wait. Um, but another definition of evergreen, which we'll rename it right here, sure. is a, a content that you've put out there with your best face forward, mm-hmm. and it has a good shelf life. Mm-hmm. 
and it's worthy of pulling back up, you put a little new twist on it and you send it right back on right. out because it is still true and it, it still is. has a relevancy. Yeah. So I think of, you know, and it still ladders up to the content sure. strategy. I'm always about like, right. if you wrote it, two years ago and you can put a spin on it and send it right back out there and it gets you know another bang for the buck yeah. that's the evergreen yeah. who cares about newton i want right. to invest my evergreen it's yeah. an ongoing piece of content right that feeds your content beast yeah it's part of your marketing mix and it's evergreen because right. you can pick it up and you can make it better and it you can feed it feed it feed it. you don't have to start from scratch right so exactly. but we could we could that re- could be I mean, it we you're could not starting from it. scratch we, it's a not it's that's a it. it's a not start from scratch. I don't know. We could rename it, but I love the idea. And if I I would say, you know, with clients that I work with, the notion of really considering the content that's out there on their website, on their blog, Mm -hmm. in the stable of sales tools, because, you know, know, everywhere, the content strategy repository of tools, PR, testimonials, Media. Without like, leadership, yeah. obviously, the whole kit and caboodle is worthy of a big stir, rinse, and repeat and see what falls out and, and could have relevancy for today. If you're able to find your bricks and feathers for your brand, extend that content that you already have, and also allow for creation of content that is still in your swim lane, but maybe not necessarily that high production value or cost, then you'll be struggling a lot less with content creation. 100%. 100%. I, I'm tracking with every single thing you're saying. And if you're doing these things within a rigorous and disciplined strategy, which we've been talking about, right. and you have clearly defined that swim lane, then you are a lot more likely to find yourself in the company of that 34% of marketers whose content strategy is really working for them. Jeremy Solly, as always, it has been a pleasure. Thanks, Carrie. This has been great. This is Carrie Olivier from Juke Creative. For more ideas and tools, visit jutecreative.com.